Oh, welcome to the Mankey Noon Candidates. It's a radio show, but now we're on YouTube. My name's Paul Ripley, and that guy is... I'm Mike Royce, and, yeah, we've got a follow-up to do on our live show. We did eight. We literally did uh, an eight-hour show, and the results of the US presidential election were not clear towards the end, and there was a certain amount of... Uh, Arguing, we got but, it wrong. But now, finally, we all got it wrong, got it wrong to a certain degree, and we'll explain later why why that's the case. If anybody's wondering why, suddenly they're watching a show, they go to bed, and Trump's won, and they wake up, and Biden's won. We can explain that very easily. The uh, we would like now just to do what we would what we were waiting to do and dying to do on the night. Yep, uh, at the very end of it, uh, tail end of this, he, he actually managed to pull it off and it's all about how many mail-in votes were for Biden and how many were for Trump and it turned out the, the downbeat nature where we ended the show, we sort of estimated that Biden was going to get most of the mail-in votes but like 60% to 40 and it turned out he got closer to 80% and he managed to flip all those states. I'll give you my opinion later on in the show about certain aspects of that. I still stand by some of the negative things I said about the Democratic Party for good reason. But uh, we've actually spoken to... Uh, we're going to be having a chat with Tom Anderson in a second about what what actually before, went wrong. Before, before we go to Tom uh, in Alaska, um, there's something happened in Manchester this weekend... Uh, and I've got a video here, if Chris has got it ready, just to play out, and I want your thoughts on it. I want no more. I want you to email in mancuniancandidates at fabradiointernational.com and just tell me, just watch the video. There's no sound. Just watch the video and tell me your thoughts. Oh, there may be Mel Gibson shouting freedom somewhere, but play the video, Chris.
Gibsons, are they there? Freedom, freedom, freedom for us all. Are they saving our, saving my life? I don't know. My freedoms, are they doing it? These are learned people. These learned people who think a YouTube doctor is better than a normal doctor. Yeah. Who may, who may, when they, if they do get ill at any stage, may go to their YouTube doctor and get fixed. Who knows? But if you can comment, I mean, the other side of it, you may totally agree. But let me know, please, Mancunian candidates of FabRadioInternational.com. Freedom! Yeah. Well, we've got a couple of comments. I mean, my first comment is uh, they, that they could form their own show, uh, the Mancunian Balance, probably. The uh, Nicholas Ripley is uh, sending oh. a message. He says that the March of the Lemmings... And uh, Geeky Sci-Fi TV is commenting, and, and they're saying they've been around. In, if they'd been around in World War Two, they would have refused to turn their lights off in an air raid. Unbelievable ignorance! I can't believe it myself. I I'd heard of this march. That when you watch the footage, it's actually quite breathtaking. Number one thing to point out is they're all reasonably young and are in the the lower risk sector. Also, the amount of kids there, it's an absolute disgrace. Uh, no mass whatsoever. No mass whatsoever. Well, that's the point of the march, How isn't many it? people got infected today? 33,000? Yeah. Uh, and people will say it's the same as the flu. My goodness, how, how long do you have to say and push it's not yeah. the same as the flu? Obviously, a lot of people die from flu. But obviously, a lot of people die from this. It's, it's well... I don't know. I don't know. It's up to you. Please email the show, because you think differently. I need to know why. We need to know why. Uh, and be sensible about it. Um, not, we we not really do follow. Style. We really do follow the United States. Um, whatever they do, um, like the stupidity you've had with this over there, over the last 12 months, you, you think, oh, well, at least we're not as bad, and we're catching up really quickly, aren't we? we we've got our own special kind of... But there is confusion, though, Mike. There is confusion because of the government have been terrible about handling it. Uh-huh. Uh, and Absolutely. it leads down the road of people just jumping on things because you're confused by it yourself. Yeah. I understand that. I but mean, what, does, this, this what is, is this lockdown about? Well, this is a level of ignorance, though, that's unbelievable. I can get confusion, but you still get the basics. There is a very easily communicable disease that is rampaging its way through vulnerable people. It may not affect you, but you can carry it, and you will inflict it on everybody else. And this is the same thing you saw at all the Trump rallies when you'd <coughs> inter interview some young person, and they go, why are you not mask-wearing? Why are you out in crowds, not social distancing? Well, if I get it, I get it. 
No, these people all have grandparents, parents, older people that they mix with, even someone at a corner shop that they go and buy a paper off, you know, corner shops that should be shut, that have been widely open and are now open in the UK. This second lockdown is a fucking joke. It's a joke. Well, uh, it's more than a joke. It's a, it's a farce, absolute farce. And we'll talk about the British politics later in the show. But we do have Tom waiting for us, don't we? We certainly do. I think it would be rude not to actually catch up with Tom and find out his thoughts, because when we left just a, a previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer type moment, we, uh, we left the show and we were a bit downbeat. He was really quite upbeat because Tom, Donald Trump was winning and he seemed to be having a much better night than he was having. And I suspect that that is not the case. And welcome, Tom. Um, nice to uh, be speaking again as a, an epilogue to last week. Uh, things changed a little bit and I would hesitate to say we sort of all got it a little bit wrong, didn't we? Yeah, when you go to bed and it shows that all the swing states are in one camp's ballots and then the next morning it changes. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I will say it's questionable in some of the states how ballots were taken in. And I don't know if ultimately malfeasance or corruption or illegal ballots counting and voting would change the results, but it's unfortunate, and I think it's unfortunate whichever team you're on. And I would assume you both agree, no matter who wins, you want it to be fair and square oh, and yeah. legal. Yeah, but I do, I do so, get, I do understand what happened. I mean, this is the first election of this type, and I'll be honest. I think, sadly for us, when you're doing a show like we were doing that night, it's great to have all the results coming in by three a.m. our time or whatever, so we can everybody listening can get the result and celebrate or commiserate. And I think if this is how it's going to be because I do think people will continue using mail-in ballots after this in higher numbers than before. And, yeah, he got... An, with the problem that I see, I don't really see any question about this. I mean, even if there were some dodgy stuff here and there, the, it's not going to affect to the amount that this vote came in. And I, I just feel that Trump was asking all of his supporters to downplay COVID, and he was saying, vote in person. He was literally saying, don't don't trust mail-in ballots, they're dodgy, don't use them. And Biden was doing the opposite. And although I was expecting it to be 60-40, the split on the mail, and I didn't think that would be enough to turn those states. So when I went to bed um, a few hours after we finished the show, I was still of the mind that I don't think it was good, there was enough to pull it back, but he was getting 80, and in some some districts he was getting 90% of the vote, wasn't he, Biden? Yes, correct. What's interesting to me is the hypocrisy of, if we call them the winners, and the nonsense to say let's all come together. Not that that's nonsensical, it's a great idea, mm. but that for years they have antagonized and gone after, particularly in the media, Trump. And whether you say it's justified or not, 
the rioting in Portland and in Seattle and in Minneapolis and other places, not just based on Black Lives Matter and law enforcement, but targeting Trump. And now, once a Biden-Kamala Harris win comes in, they say, hey, now let's put bygones uh, and, and the past behind us and let's move forward and let's all work together. And I'm not suggesting that you want to be an anarchist or not be respectful of the presidency, but it's just ironic that they have that viewpoint and they certainly didn't over the last four years. It really bugs our side. Our side being conservatives, being Republicans, being 75 million voters. We're we're not a, a small amount. We're half of the nation generally speaking. And I'm one that that gets along and moves forward and will respect the presidency, but it it does frustrate me the hypocrisy that we've Uh, watched, especially in the last week where they say, there's the roads, Uh, let's just get along and support Biden and Kamala Harris now and not look back. Well, hell yes, we're gonna look back at how we were treated and and how the media and how communities and city centers behave. Tom, 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 do do we get a violin out for you? And start playing it. I'll, I'll start playing the violin for you, Tom. Even Fox News changed their tune. Mr. Murdoch thought, mm, Trump, I'm hard enough, let's change it. But you sound like a, I don't know, like a, please, I mean, I love you as a person, but you sound like a 10 year old whinging. My goodness. But how, how do I sound that way when, and I hope your listeners concur to some degree, that, that for four years the Trump administration has been antagonized, has been very given, you guys have given, you guys have given credit to him. I compliment both of you, but I think the mainstream media has. Okay, okay. Are the mainstream media... Are the mainstream media right now, Tom, and mainstream media, how is he behaving right now? All of Europe, all of Europe have contacted Biden and said, congratulations, you've won. Uh, let's go forward together and all the rest of it. We should do whenever ever the yeah. new president or new prime minister. The norm. But what has Trump done? He's ignored it. I'm not condoning Trump's behaviour, and I haven't analysed it. What I'm saying is that I'm talking broader. You're talking finite to the election and the results. He's I'm talking about the I'm talking about the mentality, which is, hey, conservatives, we're blacks or we're gays or we're inner cities and we hate your guts. We can't wait till Trump's gone. Wait, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won? I don't well, think it's I don't think it's against Republicans as much. It's not no. as much against Republicans as it is against Trump. And, yeah. and you've got to understand that, that Black Lives Matter, they, they're still going to be protesting because I can tell you now, I stand by every word I said when I was having my minor meltdown when we were closing the show the other night because I think the Democrats have done a terrible job and they are now, right now, rewriting the whole thing and the Democrats are saying well, we'd have won even bigger if we weren't involved with Black Lives Matter and we weren't leaning to the left so much it's absolute piddle it's utter nonsense they they would have won bigger if they'd have been more pronounced in what they stood for instead of trying to do a vanilla candidate with a vanilla um 
candidacy where they're not even making clear what they want to do or for the reach across the aisle and all the rest of it. I I don't I think they've done a terrible job and I think they've they may have got lucky enough that that they've got these states and they've got it looks like 306 I, I, I votes. I also think the GOP have done a terrible job as well by allowing Trump to bully his way in into the party and just cause chaos. This is not the Republican Party I knew from the past. It's something completely different. I fear for the future of the USA because Tom mentioned it last week about civil war. Uh, he linked it to other things, but I do think there's such a divide and the GOP isn't the GOP. The Democrats aren't really telling the truth. I think it's just a divide. That I fear for the country in the next few weeks, next few months. I can see guns going off and craziness and it's, it's wrong and I think this is how I feel though I personally like responsible resource development the less pollution the better yeah clean our oceans have potable water let's look at alternative energy sources that aren't too expensive and if they are then we don't adopt the technology nor mandate I'm a faith-based person so whether you're agnostic or atheist I respect your choice of that. I prefer to cohabitate, habitate, communally live by, have teachers, pilots, dentists of faith-based for my family. That's what I choose. I respect other ethnicities, but I don't respect Black Lives Matter, and I feel it disenfranchises. I, I look at military as a necessary, not evil, but a necessary infrastructure that's that's sadly something we all must have to protect our borders. I believe in borders and I don't respect illegal immigration. Those rudimentary things, I believe, are Republican in nature. Yeah. And we could debate the, the Democratic tenets or not. I didn't say, let me tell you the negative things on Democrats. I simply said what I believe. Mm. And for the most part, bravado, silliness, sometimes you got to zip your mouth, moments aside with Trump, he carried the water of what I believe. Even if you were to say, Tom, he's not a person of faith. Tom, he was a Democrat, now he's a Republican. Tom, he's had affairs, he's had divorces. He doesn't, he doesn't walk the walk of, of, of religion, of Christianity. All those things aside, even if he's not the pastor in chief, which he isn't, he was the commander in chief and he delivered for us. So I take away from his four years, for the most part, a success. I know you respectfully disagree, but based on our platform and values, I think, like for instance, pro-life, has he had sex with someone and had an abortion? She did, I don't know. Has he done drugs? He I said know. he never has. I don't know, I but know. the point is that if, if, if you're if you're a pro-life uh, standard bearer, which I'm not big on that issue, to be blunt, I mean, I, I'm not one that's vocal on that, yay or nay, I think that he's carried the banner as good as you could carry, even if you don't like him or respect him, but from our side's vantage point. Okay, well, here's the problem, you see. This is a question that I find myself asking of myself and of, of life and, and in general, and that is when winning is all that matters, what happens? And this is all about success, and during the course of this success, if I credit you and I say, right, I can understand this, but if, from that perspective, it's a different discipline than, than mine, and I'll say that... 
OK, I get it. To him, what you wanted, he delivered. But at what cost? I mean, it's been carnage. It's been division. It's been hatred. He's been every single day singling somebody out for ridicule and, and hatred. He's been mocking disabled people. He's been taking the piss out of the armed services. He's been doing all these horrendous things. I mean, is it is it OK to put up with an absolute jerk just to get what you want? See, I don't have that vantage. You set up your question with some, you believe, realities. They're not realities to me, Mike. The, the morale of law enforcement in America and of our armed forces, the, the medical services and the Veterans Administration over the last four years, other countries paying attention, and I don't mean not shaking Angela Merkel's hand. That was embarrassing. I'm half German. I didn't like that. I'm not condoning a tweet or nonsensical, soft, more petulant activities. It didn't help our team. I'm, I would say that to Trump's face, that, that that type of stuff. The first debate was an embarrassment. I'm rationally based on this. But if you look at the morale, when you say it's carnage, it's caustic, it's poison, not in the military's viewpoint. I think that the veterans and and armed services community has never felt more loved and respected. Yeah, well, this is, that's, that's all well and good from your perspective, but there's a worldview, there's other points of view, and, and he has come across terribly. And there have been other presidents that I've not agreed with. I did not agree with the Iraq war. I didn't like George W. Bush very much. I, I Out of all of them, like I say, I thought his father was OK, to be honest, as a president. I think he, he, he came across as quite compassionate, and I really was... Um, impressed with the, the dignity that he left the White House and left that note for Bill Clinton, which was a lovely note that's been made public. I, I, that, you've got to admit, that they, they, it's not been like that for four years. And I've got to say, you know you don't want to focus on it too much, but the behaviour right now over this win is, is a disgrace. And it is, I will say this, you can't tell me. I know you, and you. I know that you would be, if this was the other way round, and this had been um, the end of uh, Barack Obama's presidency when, uh, when Trump won, and if he then did all this, took the legal actions, strung it out, uh, made him out to not be a legitimate president, you would be going absolutely crazy. You'd be furious with Obama if he'd have done this at the end of his term. What you both have highlighted, particularly you, Mike, is you don't like the transition and what Trump has been been saying and that he's calling out some of the states and the electoral process. You, You don't like the fact that Trump acted the way he did over his four years with bravado and some say egoism. And you feel that, that, and this is where Paul chimed in, that America is in disrepair. I don't think America is in disrepair because of Trump. I think America is in disrepair because there is a perpetuation of mindset that more government is better government. And to be honest, less work will still get you paid. And I'm speaking tongue in cheek in generality because of our welfare system. I don't think there is enough 
imploring, maybe incentivizing for small businesses. If anything, Joe Biden has talked about taxes. He's talked about affiliating with Iran again. He's talked about Israel in a negative sense. He's talked about China in a positive sense. He's, he's somewhat praised uh, ethnicity, maybe not Black Lives Matter, much to your chagrin. It's the complete opposite of what I would do if I were elected president on either side. I would talk about armed forces and I would talk about disabled, you mentioned. I would talk about people ill from COVID. I would talk about uh, veterans and seniors and kids not in school. Those are the places I would target. And whether it's Trump or Biden, I hope that we, uh, our three, three musketeer, uh, 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 you know, show can, can look to that in the future. If you want to pick on Trump for some of the things he said, go ahead. Kamala Harris is an awful human being. It makes me sick to even call her by the name vice president. I feel nauseous mentioning it. That's why okay. I don't want to talk about okay. the yeah, let's dig it. Let's 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 I want to know more. And I Joe Biden close to dementia. So let's not go down the road of no. personalities. Yeah. These are not paragon of virtues or great people. And we're stuck with them for four years. Well, you, you know, did, thank you, God. Corruption, William Barr. They don't want to live through it. No, I don't, I don't, when it comes to Joe Biden, yeah, he may have his senior moments and he's got his issues and he has, but the, at the end of the day, he comes across as a nicer human being. He's not an experiment, but, is he, but the, but this week, Pull on Paul's violin so you guys can talk about niceness. No, when we've got Kim Jong-un in North Korea and the despicable Iran or Muslim factions or Black Lives Matter rioting and, and Antifa and others. I mean, pull that violin out. But you don't seem to think that Black Lives Matter have a point. And I don't think is. that group matters. I think my African American friend, someone of color, matters as much as someone you know that's white or pink or Asian. I'm married to a Filipino. You know that. Yeah. I think all lives matter. If the, if it's earned, if you're looting and raping and pillaging and you're they're not white, all doing that though, are they? Generalizations. They're not all doing that, Tom. They, they you've got housewives Jordan and. Trump. and Teachers. You said Trump was poisonous and caustic. Do you think every day he lived his life like that? No. I mean, I think that you're not giving him a fair deal on what on his accomplishments. I'm not, but Person. when I see there's certain policies you you brush over, like separating the parents at the border and and locking kids up, and you've got those. But that was the process long before Trump. Well, he pushed it much further because it wasn't re it wasn't getting the media the then I guess. Not to come into the, not to come into the uh, America illegally, and I think it, it it was hard love, and I think it got notice. It put immigration on the map first yeah, time in thirty forty years. It, yeah, but it's it made people fearful, and all around the world, everywhere, all around the world, all the other countries of the world were horrified you were doing that. They were horrified. But look at what happens when you open your borders nonchalantly, like what Germany did, and I like Angela Merkel, by the way, and what France did. Then there was a backlash the other way. So it's just like looking at COVID numbers. Our governor, everybody loves, because here in Alaska, Mike Dunleavy, the governor, he was more open and he led cities and communities decide on masks or not, on closures or not. Right now, we have the highest per capita in the nation. 
It's awful. I used to brag to you in a thoughtful way, not in a bragging, mm. like in your face, way, but in a, hey, thank God here in Alaska, we have very few deaths and very few cases. Now we have the highest per capita in the nation. We have over 100 deaths. And you might say, well, that's small. No, not when we had a record only five deaths and you mm. have a very small population. It's very devastating. So, so what will be led by that song? seeing COVID numbers go up, and I'm just saying, I don't know if you could blame somebody over that, like Trump. Well, who else would you blame? Is that, is that Biden's fault? Not, not being hygienically observant yeah. people. And, yeah. and China. So, so, so the lead of it all, I mean... I mean, the underpinning is China created it. No, people forget that. And Biden says, well, how soon can I start dealing with Xi Jinping, a complete dirtbag? It's like, wait, that's on your agenda? I don't even want to hear that. Where Trump says, we're going to sock it to China for what they've done. I like that better. So, so, so you say... Don't deal with him. Oh. He's the head of China. Don't deal with the guy who's in charge of China. But, but, but by all means, him. go. I said soccer to him financially. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. All the, the copyright and patent infringements. Yeah. Not soccer to him physically. But you're you're happy with, with Trump going over to and interfering with Korea and trying to make peace over there. You're happy with that, and a lot of people don't want to deal well, with I, it. I'm happy with Trump trying to deal with a nutcase like Kim Jong-un, yeah. trying to placate him and give him a little, uh, I don't know if it was celebrity or what, to keep him subsided and to yeah. stop testing and unnerving South Korea and Japan. Yeah, but and rather than look at the you guys give them the credit for doing that, you say, oh man, it's he's getting glam shot from the president or the dictator of North Korea. And I don't think that was Trump's intention. He was trying to defuse him and no one else has done it. I thought you so I to look at the tips, to be honest. Tom, I thought he was there to pick up a few tips off him. How to control the people without, you know, democracy. Oh, that, that's democracy. a low blow. Uh, that's a low blow. Well, maybe Kamala Harris can have another affair okay. or put more blacks in prison. I mean, if right. you want to go kick it in the balls with uh, those comments. I think that at the end of the day, history will show Trump did a better job than worse. Clearly, Biden's got the momentum to become the president. Soon enough, you... Two, and I will be talking about a President Biden, and then I won't say all gloves are off and all spare love and war and debate in politics, but then we can scrutinize what Biden does. And I pray to God we will scrutinize We will. We will scrutinize it. But you know my position. I think think that it's it's going to be quite lacklustre compared to what I would like anyway. So I'm already partly on your page, but this thing... Of, you know uh, what's instructive for me? is my wife, who's Filipina, who mm-hmm. talks about Philippines and Duterte and how most Filipinos wanted Trump to win. They feel that he's, he's respectful to the Philippines. They're nervous about the connection pre-President Duterte to China, taking loans, selling off things, just like we see below us in South America and Central America, Filipinos say, hey, we like military, strong military. We like respectful law enforcement. And yes, sometimes America falls on that short. Most of the time they don't. We like faith-based mindsets. We don't like drugs. Like in Oregon, legalization of, to small degrees, heroin and meth. 
to placate someone's fallibility physiologically because they're addicted versus counseling and other methods. And yeah. so the, if you want to look at other countries, you can look at Europe. That's where you well, live. But look at places like Philippines where they wanted Trump to win for the most part. Yeah, but and you know, I know a lot of yeah. Americans I feel don't, the same way. I don't know where you get off with um, making out that Duarte is <laughs> some, some sort of uh, great situation. That government, that guy is an absolute frigging lunatic he goes out no, at night with, he goes out with the police and with assault rifles he goes out shooting people he shoots people he's that's gone out with true. the police shooting drug dealers and you may think well that's great uh, but yeah he's one of these macho men types that that I love models Rodrigo Duterte. I, right. I think he's if he's not mental. the best president Philippines has ever had he's crazy the top He's crazy. He's not. He's, He's crazy. thoughtful He's and a lunatic. He, yeah. he was one of the first to give relief and to make sure everything was closed down responsibly. I mean, I hear at least from my family members through marriage that live there, and they're very supportive of him. Again, that's not a scientific poll. That's yeah. my connection. I'm not speaking for all of the Philippines. But I'm saying that that's an example where they're pro-Trump because of the rudiments, not because of his actions. The same reason I am. If you uh, think I like when he disparages someone for their looks or because they're female, I, why would I like that? You know me enough. I like the rudiments of it. And in the future, yeah. I hope we have a Ted Cruz or a Mike Pence uh, to continue Trump's, I won't say legacy, but platform with more dignity and, and more statesmanship. I think you'll see that in 2024. I know it's early, but I truly do. I forecast that it won't be a Buttigieg or a Beto or Rourke or a Cory Booker or Kamala Harris. It'll be a Republican, and I think we can get back on track. And I don't think hobbling and with all these executive orders forthcoming in the next couple months when Biden's in, I don't think going backwards will help. And I know you look at that as momentum and positive. We can respectfully disagree, but I, I don't like that. No, I, don't, I, I just, just look like, oh, I just, right, like we're backwards. I don't see I don't see any point in it. In, it's again back to what I said at the beginning. Trump, if, if that's winning, doing what he does well, I'm sorry, the price is too high. It's too coarse. The, the discourse is too uh, unpleasant. And everyone, it just makes everything so divisive. And at this moment in time, the, the country, you've just had this massive split vote. And even though the Democrats are going round acting like they've won and it's a big, big thing, yeah, they've won, but they, they've not won in the way they were hoping to win. It's not exactly a rebuke. And you had no, 70, it wasn't 70 in million. In 2022, you could see Congress go Republican. Mm. And you know, I do this for a living. So it's not wishful thinking. Yeah. I'm legitimately saying... That, that I think that you could see a change or it would be very close. And now we see in Georgia, Dan Sullivan, our U.S. Senator, and Tom Tillis uh, both have won. So I know at least one of the Georgian states or U.S. Senate races is going to go Republican based on the numbers. I would be shocked. Mm -hmm. So I think you'll see... Uh, a, a one majority, and that means Kamala Harris is the vice president, doesn't have the tiebreak. And that's good for us. But we have two pesky problems. Maine's Senator Susan Collins and Alaska's Senator, my friend, Lisa Murkowski, who are very moderate. You'd like them 
those two better than me, trust me on your show, mm. uh, that they, they could put a wrench in a lot of momentum for the U.S. Senate based on Republican ideals if just one of them flops. Well, so you should, the Democrat you, you think it's better than you think anyway, because he's got a, he's hampered anyway. He's going into government and he's got the likes of John Kasich and um, people like him who are literally telling him what to do already before he's even got in. He, he's been t- They've all been doing interview circuits for the last day or two, and pretty much every single one of them want Biden to do nothing to upset the apple cart. They want him to do nothing progressive while he's in there, and they want pretty much him to be governing like a Republican. So I think you're like, going to get. Like I, think you, I think he's going to be uh, much more in line with what you would like than you think, and that that to me is horrific because there was no point. To I don't it. dislike Biden personally. I mm. called that not on your show, but I called that a year ago when Biden filed. I said if anyone's going to win, it's going to be Joe Biden. I didn't know about his lack of acuity and lack of quickness. But I think he's doing well enough. And and based on the last debate, he did very well, I thought, in that. And mm-hmm. I think you concurred. One question yeah. I have is how will UK react when when your leadership had an affinity to Trump, as has uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and Vladimir Putin? Mm. Well, he's already started. He's already been on the phone this weekend to Joe Biden, um, offering him congratulations, recognising that he's the president-elect, and he's he's basically trying to undo the fact that he called his best friend um, the N-word as good as... Oh, sorry, he called him a Nigerian, but we all know what that means. But then again, we've had a member of the, of the House of Lords start uh, tweeting this weekend and he tweeted about uh, Kamala Harris and said uh, oh what happens to uh, what happens um, yeah. d- with the Indian if um, Joe Biden leaves asking whether uh, she he couldn't even bother to mention her name and refer to her as the Indian so our government really yeah it sucks to be honest um, they, they, they're every way as bad as, as Trump's uh, cabal to me Anyway, uh, just as corrupt. Yeah, and on that note, I will say our goodbyes. As always, Tom, it's a pleasure talking to you, and we hope to speak to you very soon. And subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tom Anderson Show, on YouTube. I want to get over a thousand so I can start branding it. And I know Paul's going to help me off air, but subscribe to the Tom Anderson Show YouTube channel. Ted Cruz, Dinesh D'Souza, Michael Knowles, many guests forthcoming. See, Thanks, I, I've, even I, even I've subscribed to it. So, so I you have. know, and there have. you go. I have. You guys are two gentlemen. Take care, Tom. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Well, you cannot uh, fault this show for honesty. I mean, uh, the Tom, we we know him. He's a mate. But my God, sometimes I I feel like screaming. I don't know what you guys think of it, but we've had quite a few comments off people. Shall we go deal with those yeah, first? Yeah. Uh, before we do that, though, Mike, you said honesty. Yeah. Uh, you change your shirt quickly. It, or is it time change? I don't. Why are you bringing that up for? 
bringing that I'm up. I'm saying nothing, honestly. Anyone would think, think we uh, okay. might have recorded it earlier. Um, Stuart, who's in Burnley, says, if people, he's talking about the Manchester March, if people realise that so many of the organisers of such marches in London, Liverpool and Manchester are funded and backed by American right-wing organisations, would they turn up? Probably, yes. Yeah, I reckon they would. I absolutely reckon they would. There's a bit on YouTube there. Yeah, well, we've got a few comments, mostly, uh, as as predicted, Tom's uh, Tom's comments didn't get a resounding yay from people. So uh, Stephen Blackmore was talking... Uh, Stephen Blackmore's talking about the uh, protests, and yeah. he says, crazy, they're idiots, guys, to which I go, absolutely, they're... Morons, morons, complete and utter morons. And um, we've got Nick from Burnley, and he's also saying 65,000 have died from COVID this year in the UK alone. So far, nothing like the flu. And, And Nick then comes on and talks about Tom, and he says, Tom... That's questionable what you've been saying. So why is the Senate balanced in votes, but not for Trump when they are on the same paper? So, you know, election fraud, yeah, it doesn't stack up. Um, Then we've got David who's saying, uh, Tom, you're a nice guy, but I can't believe you buy this Trump BS. And, um, And then we've got another one from uh, David, uh, Dave, not David, who says, um, would Tom sock it to Saudi, Brazil and Poland too? Got another email here. If you want to email him, please do, mankeeningcandidates at fabradiointernational.com. And if you're still listening on the radio, you can obviously watch us for some reason on YouTube as well. But another one about the footage in Manchester. The footage is quite worrying because these people are prior to... Prioritising, and that was easy for you to say. Their own views of the health of many vulnerable and perhaps older people, like me. Yeah, like me. Yeah, no, they're, they're a bunch of absolute balance. It's, it's a strange time. Yeah, it is uh, a strange uh, time. Tom, uh, this is from Joe. Uh, he, he's over in Ireland as well. Uh, Tom speaks well, and he's coming from a very one-sided position. Uh, yes, he does. Well, yeah, speak well I figured that actually, out. A few he's a nice years. guy. I figured that out a few years ago. I say he's a good friend. I class him as a friend. I do not go into this sort of stuff when I've got friends who I know are decent people. But it is difficult to reconcile the man that I know with the comments we've just heard. It's very difficult, isn't it? But they, we talked about it last week. Uh, the whole split, the divide, which is coming here as well, by the way. It's oh, it's happening. Uh, we're going to talk yeah. about Boris later, but oh, Boris, Boris is going down that road of a, a Trump-style government. and He's doing his best. He, he certainly is. Hopefully we don't get there. But, I I, I mean, this is um, some of the views there about the, the Black Lives Matter, the rest of it. I just keep tearing my hair out over that. We've we covered it in the last show. We've even put a video up on Mancunian candidates. And also, as I haven't really pumped this show, if you're listening now, uh, thank you very much. If you're subscribing, even better. If you're ringing the bell so you get notified about our videos, even better. But we are trying to make sure that anybody that's still listening on the radio gets the same show but occasionally we might mention how something looks or whatever and I'm sorry about that but you can come onto YouTube and join us here and subscribe or, or catch up on the show 
And don't forget, don't forget, the, uh, it's a plug in, I know, but the Twitter account, M, M underscore candidates. So go on Twitter, you'll find us, M underscore candidates. Bit delightful you join us. It's doing okay, that account. So it's all new, it's all a start, we're always just beginning. Yeah. But more than anything, we want your points of view. Absolutely want your points of view. It's what makes the show. I've got another uh, email, but read that later. Uh, what next now, Mike? Well, I think uh, right now we're, we're at a pivotal point in history. Right now, you have got a president in the US that has lost an election. And he, this isn't like the Al Gore situation where it was a few hundred votes. He has conducted a campaign that he's been working on since the last election, running up to 2016 after the Entertainment Hollywood tape with the uh, Pussygate saga. He thought he was going to lose. He was way behind in the polls before Comey investigated uh, Hillary. And he ran this campaign of, well, if he'd lose, I think it might be fraudulent. The system is rigged again. Spurious accusations, no evidence, and surprise, surprise, the same playbook has come out this time. So I feel it's important to just have a quick look now at how it used to go down when a president or somebody aspiring to be president, in this case John McCain, who was running against Barack Obama in 2008, what happened when he lost and how he graciously conceded? Thank you for coming here on this beautiful Arizona evening. <clears throat> My friends, we have, we have come to the end of a long journey. The American people have spoken, and they have spoken clearly. A little while ago, I had the honor of calling Senator Barack Obama to congratulate him. Please. To congratulate him on being elected the next president of the country that we both love. In a contest as long and difficult as this campaign has been, his success alone commands my respect for his ability and perseverance. But that he managed to do so by inspiring the hopes of so many millions of Americans who had once wrongly believed that they had little at stake or little influence in the election of an American president is something I deeply admire and commend him for achieving. This is an historic election, and I recognize the special significance it has for African Americans and for the special pride that must be theirs tonight. I've always believed that America offers opportunities to all who have the industry and will to seize it. Senator Obama believes that too. But we both recognize that though we have come a long way from the old injustices that once stained our nation's reputation and denied some Americans the full blessings of American citizenship, the memory of them still had the power to wound. A century ago, President Theodore Roosevelt's invitation of Booker T. Washington to, to dine at the White House was taken as an outrage in many quarters. America today is a world away from the cruel and prideful bigotry of that time. There is no better evidence of this than the election of an Amer African American to the presidency of the United States. Let there be no reason now 
Let there be no reason now for any American to fail to cherish their citizenship in this, the greatest nation on earth. <laughs> Senator Obama has achieved a great thing for himself and for his country. I applaud him for it and offer him my sincere sympathy that his beloved grandmother did not live to see this day. Though our faith assures us she is at rest in the presence of her Creator, and so very proud of the good man she helped raise. Senator Obama and I have had and argued our differences, and he has prevailed. No doubt many of those differences remain. These are difficult times for our country, and I pledge to him tonight to do all in my power to help him lead us through the many challenges we face. I urge all Americans I urge all Americans who supported me to join me in not just congratulating him but offering our next president our goodwill and earnest effort to find ways to come together to find the necessary compromises to bridge our differences and help restore our prosperity defend our security in a dangerous world, and leave our children and grandchildren a stronger, better country than we inherited. Whatever our differences, we are fellow Americans. And please believe me when I say, no association has ever meant more to me than that. And that was only 12 years ago. That was 12 years ago you had that. It's a person there whose politics, I don't agree with that guy. I don't agree with his politics at all. He's a war hawk as well. But at the end of the day, his country meant more to him than, than his own personal beliefs and his politics. He knew that damaging the United States just to attack his opponent was gonna damage everyone. Um, it's shocking to see that now. That was the norm. That was how people left. When George Bush Sr. left for a humiliating landslide victory by Bill Clinton, and he was another one-term president that, um, like Trump, has turned out to be, he left a, a famous letter on the Oval Office, the Resolute Desk, for, for Bill Clinton that was, if you can find it online somewhere, and it says... Good luck. I hope you win. I'm on your side, effectively. But Mike, it's not just about Trump. You're sort of indicating that it's Trump who's caused all this. It happened no. before. It happened before. I've been running for about 10, 12 years. Look, the shows we do a show, uh, a podcast, and it's been around for a while now. We talked about it about the the rise yeah. of the right wing, about racism of across course. Europe, and certain pockets went up and misinformation. We've talked about. Mm. I and agree. It's come up and come up and obviously, hopefully, hopefully Trump is the pinnacle and it starts dropping off, but I doubt it. No, there are some it. Republicans. Tom Cotton is the senator, to refresh people, when Obama did the end to the nuclear testing in Iran deal that the Republicans, for some reason, are so insane about. They He... Tom Cotton, who was a senator for the Republican Party, wrote a letter to that government and went, look, if you do actually sign up for this, just be aware that any incoming government that we get, we're going to just tear it up. 
So he tried to scupper that deal. They had control with that deal over <clears> Iran, and they've no control now. Those sanctions by Europe were going to end anyway. So when he said this lie that the Republicans say about it, they say, he, we, we gave all these hundreds of millions to Iran. It didn't happen. And Tom Cotton it was, their money was treasonous. It was wanted to hold in the Iran money. Yes. In their bank and it was their money. Yeah. But, you, but I really want to push the point here, Mike, and I think you may be missing it a little bit. Oh, I'm missing it. Yeah, the rise of popular governments across Europe and into America. No, I get what, that. What's caused it? And it's not... Obviously, you're talking about issues within that. I'm talking about specifics, yeah. 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 But there's a, I there's know a there's a wider campus. Well, where yeah. people got absolutely fed up of their government. I mean, you... How many people just got fed up of politics? Because it's all the same. Yeah. They always lied to you. And so the, the, this range of... That's, Populism that come around where yeah. they can learn more off YouTube yeah. than the, the, the government. It opened tells the door it. for Trump. They, they don't tell the truth. It opened the door for Trump. Trump fed into something, but the problem is some people had, when it comes to as well, I've got to say, I get that there was a problem, but also there were certain problem. there were small minorities, such as the militias such as the white nationalists that are... And fed them. Uh, fed yeah, them. but they're a small minority of America. And the problem is, well, you're right, that he, to a degree, is representing a wide range of Americans that feel disenfranchised, the blue-collar workers that have voted for a multi-billionaire who literally doesn't give two fucks about them. He, uh, you, you also have the, the other side where he's amplified white nationalists and the militias yeah. into a position where they're getting media attention they never knew who out there knew who the Proud Boys were. No one knew who the Proud Boys were. No one had a clue. I had to look them up, and I'd been looking into this for years, and I had to find out who they were. The, my, the, my, he my, is putting my, a spotlight on the my, wrong my, people. My, still missing the point. Oh, it's what am I missing? Not just about That's not bad look, enough. Look at is Poland. It? Look at the East European countries. Yeah. What's happened there? The rise of the football fan thug. Yeah. Who's, who, who's, who's just had a little, little militia, like you say. I know someone who was a part of that. And so you know him and all. It, it's just not just about Trump and America. It's about the, the whole world and about global politics because people don't trust politicians anymore. And yeah. So this has come along. Oh, yes, we, we understand you're looking after us. Yeah, but he, this, was, this was still a fluke, though. Let's just be clear on this. Trump, Trump getting No, Trump getting in was a fluke. It required an unpopular candidate that wasn't the people's choice. How many votes has How many votes has he had? It doesn't matter, he's lost by five million. Yeah, but how that's many votes a, That's a mandate. Did he have the fair. same amount of votes he had last time? Uh, way more. Way more. There you go. Yeah, way more. But then again, he's been telling lies and he's been winding that, that base up for a long time. No, I'm not saying it's not. I mean, my whole point, I mean, even on the other show, eight hours, and I was flagging at the end, but I was still saying what a massive, massive problem it is that, uh, that your this point, happened. Your point was that the Democrats did a rubbish job. Yeah, they did. Uh, I don't really agree did. With I don't they, agree with they, they won badly. Iota. They won badly. They won badly. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, However, they did. How can you... There's got to be a change in politics. They didn't... People, people talk about... I mean, all right, let's go to global warming. Yeah, but they didn't... Global warming. Who oh. takes it seriously? Who uses it for their advantage? Well, this is it. I've said who on this show... Who takes racism correctly? Right, I've said on this show there are a lot of people Labour that use... Labour have talked about it all Are you going to let me talk? No, Labour have right, talked about right. it. Right, right. Are we going to... Um, do, do it. Global warming, there are people that are using global warming to make money. 
They're using yeah. it just to fill the pockets, and they're not, they're disingenuous, they're not that bothered about the planet. And I've got to say this if you actually look into Al Gore and some of the stuff that he's done, he's invested in, and the minute any company that's providing windmills, turbines, um, solar panels, or, or even he invested in the Young Turks uh, political show on YouTube, did you know that? He bought into that, and then the minute. All these things became listable on the stock market to the point where you could sell and make a load of money. You got rid. So, I mean, uh, yeah, he's green, all right. He's not as green as you think, Let's, is he, Al Gore? No, no, World, World, War, World War II. What about it? made by the companies then. Covid, just now Covid. Yeah, we know that. We're going to talk about that later, about the companies What's making that got millions to do and millions with this, millions, though? Because it's corruption. Yeah, I know that. And so therefore, it's a pe given. people are sick to death of governments and politicians because they're perceived as corrupt. Okay, so, so you've yeah. got decent people coming along now yeah. on the left side oh, or on the right. I don't blame anybody for voting for Trump. I don't. I don't think you're morons. I think you're morons if you are running around with guns and doing all the stupid stuff that Trump's uh, getting you to do. Stand down, uh, stand by, whatever. Be ready, Mr Proud Boys. You lot, I've no time for you. You're scum. You're absolute scum. You don't deserve to be alive. You're just making the planet a worse place. Um, but there are decent people that voted for Trump and they were they were totally... They were led down the garden path. They've, they've got the tax cut that gave them a tax cut cut last year so they went oh my god you know we're, we're actually paying less tax and they don't realize that that tax code that trump brought in reduced deductibles from your tax return so you can't knock off loads of stuff you used to knock off for living your petrol your your living costs your part of your mortgage interest if you're running a business from home these people next year weirdly enough after trump has gone are going to get a massive tax bill because they're going to get the next year's tax return and they won't be able to claim all the money back that they've spent. So, so they've been conned. So he's therefore. a grifter. He's a grifter. That's all he is. He's a grifter. Ah. He's a grifter. End off. You can, can you cheer me up, man? Yeah, I can. I think uh, you've got to look for funny things. And with all this voter fraud going on, it turns out that Fox News... And I think you'll find this difficult to believe. I need to say beforehand, this is not a Saturday Night Live sketch. Uh, Fox News have managed to uncover a poll worker who's seen all this dishonesty going on with the ballots. The, with the shocking details. Now, we're going to be concealing her identity, even disguising her voice over her own safety concerns. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, you saw something suspicious. We're going to get right into it tonight happening on the side of a Biden-Harris van in the parking lot of the polling station. Now walk the audience through what happened. I went out to go for a walk on my break and I probably had a 150, 175-foot stretch where I was walking. The, the Biden van was parked along this stretch and I was walking to it so about 150, 50 feet, I was walking and I could see these people hand over what appeared to be white envelopes, just hand over onto this table. And as I got closer, the envelopes were being torn open. There were two men or two people dropping the envelopes and two people ripping them open and turning and facing the van and drawing on them or marking them. And as I got closer, you know, as I was walking, they would put things down and pick more paper up and mark on the van and then put it down and pick some more up. And as I got closer, I thought, those are ballots. 
And I didn't, you know, I was in my polling um, uniform, basically. And as I walked by, I looked and I thought, those are ballots. And I, it kind of was an odd, like, what are they doing? There were four total people, but only two were marking and opening the envelopes and the paper. And as it took about a six-minute walk to walk this parking lot, and I did it. I just walked my entire lunch hour. And so I came around a second time, and they're still opening and marking the ballots. I don't know what to say. I mean, why that voice? Why? Why? Why that voice? You could have done anything. You could have just put an odd person's voice. Like they used to do it here with um, Jerry Adams from Sinn Fein. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They used to have some weird voice that obviously yeah. wasn't him slightly out of sync because yeah. they they brought in a real you can't have the IRA on TV. So uh, and the BBC went, oh well, we're still gonna we're not gonna censor. We'll just dub his voice. Which, which producer from Fox News allowed that to go out? I don't know. What? Is quite unbelievable. I mean, right, I thought it was a joke when I first saw it. I thought it was something from the Lincoln Project or something where they'd put a, a silhouette. I'm, I'm looking for is black, it the silhouette or the voice? replicate it somehow. What is funnier, the, the silhouette or the voice? Uh, both of them. It's just madness. It, uh, but, just... but they've got to the bottom of it, though. At least now we know it's real what Trump's saying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At least. No, no, because I was worried. I thought he'd been made up, me. I thought it was a load of rubbish that he'd made up because he's a he's a big baby and he needs his nappy changing because he's lost. I've got a message as well to Tom Anderson, who's, uh, I think, listening right now. We've talked to him before, our friend in Alaska. He's been invited to Harlem to have a look round. He has. Yeah. Uh, we heard so, it last last show. Yeah, so uh, if you want to go to New York, you've got someone to run you around Harlem and, and show you how people are OK and, and you may change your view on certain things. It's yeah. a genuine invitation. Yeah. It's not like being, you know... And we'll go with you. We'll meet you there. But yeah. but, but I'll say this. Do we, we've, if Tom comes out with stuff like that, I think we, we might end up in hospital. We're not sure. I doubt it's, Tom is a bright guy. I don't think he'll be sprouting summer. But he may change his views. That's the whole idea, isn't it? I mean, the whole idea, and we talked about it before, was about changing things. Things need to change. You right. something else, Mike. So you do not think that Tom would be in Times Square with a megaphone explaining no. why Black Lives Matter is a, a no, he would load of people with no. hurt feelings who need to no. get over it? No. Right. Well, well you know, the comedy keeps on going, though, because you think that maybe, even in defeat, that... Trump's people, especially his, uh, his lawyer, his main lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, who you may have seen in Borat 2, um, the second Borat movie, yeah. where he was, uh, what was Come he doing? He was tucking his shirt in, wasn't he? I mean... A bedroom scene. I've seen, I've seen people tuck the shirts in, and, yeah. and I'm familiar with that. And, uh, yeah, the, he held a press conference, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a suitable venue. A suitable venue. Very good. Donald Trump's defeat was announced while the president was playing golf and when his campaign was setting up in a gardening firm's yard just by an adult bookstore and a crematorium. This story starts with Donald Trump tweeting that there would be a press conference on Saturday morning at the Four Seasons in Philadelphia. People assumed he meant here, the Four Seasons Hotel, but another tweet followed with a clarification. No, not the hotel. 
but Four Seasons Total Landscaping, a gardening company in an industrial area on the outskirts of Philadelphia. The Washington Post took in the arc of Donald Trump's presidency with this story headlined, It began on a gold escalator. It may have ended at Four Seasons Total Landscaping. The article quotes the company's director of sales. I have no idea why the campaign wants to do it here. Maybe they saw a satellite image that we have a big back lot and proximity to Interstate 95. Well, whatever the reasons, the Trump campaign had made its decision and set up in the yard. As you can see from these pictures, it was a low-key affair. A sign attached to the wall, a podium, some journalists, some Trump supporters, a few doors down, the adult bookstore Fantasy Island and just across the street from the local crematorium. And it was here that President Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, learned that his man had lost. What was it called by? All the, oh my goodness, all the networks. Wow. All the networks. We have to forget about the law. Judges don't count. Well, Richard Hall, a journalist for The Independent, was there. He wrote this article, which starts, It began with a tweet from the president. It ended with his personal lawyer in the parking lot of a landscaping company, struggling to be heard over a man in his underpants shouting about George Soros. And here's how he described that final moment. I think it was around five minutes before Mr. Giuliani came out that someone, one of the journalists, called, announced that the race had been called. And then journalists started to leave this, this big press conference that had been called by the president and his, and his lawyers. So it's a very strange scene. And then out on the street, immediately outside, you had people starting to celebrate and Trump supporters clashing with Biden supporters. So it was, it was the, a very strange place to hear the result. Remember, the press conference had been called to draw attention to the Trump campaign's claims that the election has been stolen. No evidence was offered, but more broadly, it certainly drew attention. Two days on, the event at the Four Seasons continues to generate stories from Politico, USA Today, The Atlantic, South China Morning Post. The list is a long one, but credit where credit's due. The Philadelphia Inquirer has been doing a lot of the heavy lifting on this story, publishing a detailed account of the whole thing. It tells us the 78-year-old employee manning the counter at the Fantasy Island sex shop said the phone had been ringing off the hook since Saturday with callers asking, is Rudy Giuliani there? Well, the team at Four Seasons Total Landscaping appears to have taken this in their stride. In response to criticism online, it's posted on Facebook saying it would proudly host any presidential candidate's campaign at our business. Maybe it will become a fixture in Pennsylvanian politics. It's certainly been quick to see an opportunity. Go online now and you can buy a range of Make America Rake Again and Lawn and Order merchandise. And while they quite reasonably make the most of the attention, it remains unclear whether the Trump campaign booked the whole thing in error or not. Either way, at 11.24 on Saturday morning, America reached a historic moment. CNN announced Joe Biden as the president-elect, Donald Trump played golf, and his campaign was in a car park by Fantasy Island. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, you you can't believe it, can you? I mean, no. I think I think there's so many things that that contribute to that. The where it is, the fact they messed up and Trump is admitting, no, 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 we always meant to have it there. Yeah. That's the best bit. And four seasons. Four, se <laughs> four seasons landscaping. Oh my God, could you believe it? And and the fact the reporters were all like, huh? <clears throat> What? I bet they thought it was a trap. They were going to be kidnapped and put in some van and taken away to some, uh, to put in a cage with the other kids, you know. They, but do you not love that there's a sex shop on one side, crematorium on the other, and the sex shop's called Fantasy Island? 
Oh, my God. I thought this was a joke when I read It's like News Thump, if you've seen that site. Some of their stories, they're not as, they're not as write it, crazy as this. You couldn't write it. <clears throat> um, I'll have to find it for next week's show. There's a guy on Twitter who's doing a commentary on what's going on at the moment in America. Yeah. But he's doing it from, like, an, how an American... Reporter would report it. Oh, talking yeah. about Africa, but this yeah. time it's from Africa. Well, no, about yeah, America. So it's like in this disease-ridden country. Well, that's the thing where these people fighting and yeah. the between tribalism yeah. going on, and they're doing it exactly the same. But it's so funny, so uh, uh, but so accurate, and it's it's nailed it because that is literally it. You could not believe this. I mean, like I say, we're in the middle. I could, do you know what another cherry on top during that was? Oh. He got informed that Biden had won. In the middle of that. So even if that was going well and that was in the lobby of the Four Seasons, where they intended to, with a massive chandelier overhead, uh, he, uh, yeah, he still had to... He still got live, delivered that shit sandwich. I've had a message here. Uh, the speech we played before, remarkable in every respect. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's so, so crazy. And that was in Pennsylvania. And as you know, that's the state that called it for Biden. Yeah. Because Pennsylvania, to me, was unwinnable. When we finished the show, it, it seemed that it had gone. Even if, if, if Biden was getting 60% of the, the mail-in votes, he would never catch up to Trump's yeah. lead. No, he got 80 and 90% of the vote. And, and you know what? If you're going to look at this... Who do you blame? I mean, I can, I can sum it up in this very simple thing. Trump asked his guys not to vote because vote mail-in voting was um, was was fraudulent. Vote in person. He do tried not... to make it impossible yeah. by going yeah. around with the post office. He did. Some people in, yeah. post boxes. He did, yeah. It was a very so, strange So time. what he did was set up a perfect set of circumstances where then... All this intimidation at the polls put people off going. All the Liberals and the, the Democrats didn't want to go and have all the grief off all the Trump guys. So they the Trump lot all voted in person. It was counted until 5 or 6 o'clock. And then it turned out, yeah, they'd done exactly what they were asked to do. They voted by post because of COVID. And he was getting 80 90% so in, in Pennsylvania. So what I've got to, uh, we've got next is... If it's good to see what someone in Pennsylvania who in 2016 voted for Trump, you've got a, he's got an opinion. Uh, this guy is just a general voter. He's not connected with politics, and he wants to explain why he voted for Biden instead. Hi, I'm Greg. I'm a Republican voter with the state of Pennsylvania, the swing state Pennsylvania. I've been a registered Republican since Nixon. My first presidential vote was for Nixon when the Vietnam War was raging. I started reading the Wall Street Journal when I was very young. I come from a working class family. I came really uh, not from the wrong side of the tracks, from under it. I know all about enterprise, freedom, diligence, and entrepreneurship. I have this to say about our current president. Uh, being in the financial industry uh, 25 years ago, I was aware of his misdeeds and knew 25 years ago that Donald Trump was not just stupid, but mean. What's new to me uh, in his term is he's just not stupid and mean. He's cruel and he's uneducated. He is a danger to this company. He is not a Republican. He doesn't espouse 
conservative values like the rule of law, that everyone is equal before the law. He trashes the Constitution on a He disregards laws. This man is a criminal. What he's done in the Ukraine and elsewhere is treason. There's one reason why I did not vote for Trump in 2016. Uh, Donald Trump is a fucking moron. That's the one reason. And I tell you, I'm stunned at his cruelty and his stupidity. The man is uneducated. He is a threat to everything we value. He disparages veterans. Why? Because they're suckers and losers in his small mind. Um, all my relation were in the war. World War II. They've been in all our nation's battles. I am, I am disheartened and disappointed beyond belief. In the name of God, I tell you, you've got to wake up and, and, and smell the coffee. This man is a great danger to our nation. I, I fear for our future if this man is reelected. I didn't vote for him four years ago. And in good conscience, I'd vote for an empty tomato can. Joe Biden will do just fine. My God, the man is normal cares about more than his own immediate uh, family. The, the man is uh, a blessing. Uh, we need to receive this. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Yes. And God bless America and all those who fought and died for it. Again. Wow, you can't argue with that, can you? I don't see how you can really, you, can't you know. Argue with that. Um, have we got any feedback from that? Well, we've got some breaking news, which I'll hold back on till a little bit later because of uh, we look talking about our government. But there is some breaking news here. Uh, there will apparently be a million MAGA march uh, in Washington this Saturday, where Trump supporters, hold on a second, will be declaring support for him and claiming victory. Wow. Now, organisations who are opposed to that view are going as well. Oh, that'll be fun. This Saturday sounds interesting. Bring your riot shield. Uh, yes. Bring your riot shield for a really fun night out. And you know, you know what? The, the whole s wow. sickening thing to me is Trump will be loving that. He will. Loving well, that. he'll love it because he feels like he's not Antifa alone. He'll be there fighting against yeah. the real Americans and all the rest of them. Well, come out. Trump has built his Fuhrer bunker. He's <clears> put <throat> a little wall around the White House and he's there and he only leaves to golf. Can you believe that? I mean, that's the ridiculous bit. Stephen Blackmore said uh, uh, that was brilliant. One of the funniest things he's seen, the four-season landscaping video. I mean, yeah, the, the problem is you could do a quiz show where you go, is this real or fake? Yeah. And you'd never go real with that, would you? You'd just think it was some nonsense that's been made up. You know, it's, uh, it's crazy. I'm dying to... Tell you this information, but I'll hold on. I'll hold okay. on. It's worth holding on. And All if right. You, if, you're, if you're watching now and you're getting a bit tired, hold okay. on. Okay. It's a bit of information. Some breaking yeah. news. It's like CNN. Yeah. Breaking news. Yeah. Wolf. One of the things. Maybe not. Yeah. One of the things that you get if you're watching the Mancunian candidates is, for considering um, how unruly things can get. And it's an independent production, it's an independent show. And, you know, we, we can go a little bit further than some shows. And occasionally, uh, you know, it gets a bit shambolic and a bit crazy. But we are actually quite good at predicting some stuff. It's quite scary. I mean, we predicted Trump was going to win. We predicted, predicted Trump was going right. to win. I know, it's been a long week. And uh, we did make a. I did. I was. I got on a rampage about uh, about these Democrats that were that were all crowing because they'd managed to get Republican support during Biden's campaign. And I said that 
there would be a price to pay. Now, I was thinking maybe in six months when he'd been in office that some of these Republicans that were at the Democratic convention would go, oh, Joe, I want you to vote slightly to the right on this or please can you not do health care exactly how you want because my voters in my right-wing red constituency may not like that. Uh, but I thought it'd be a way off, didn't it, Paul? I thought maybe yeah. next year we'd come to see... <coughs> yeah. yeah, it's happened. It's happened this week. We've literally got something to show you now where John Kasich, who um, he was a good Governor, Republican governor, and he supported Biden at the convention. And he's got some advice for Joe Biden, what he should do when he's in office. The Democrats had better be very careful. This, this, this business about defunding the police or, you know, these, these wild economic schemes that, that smack of, uh, you know, it, the, the Republicans called them on it, on socialism. Well, that is a Republican, former Republican Governor John Kasich, who ran in the Republican primary in 2016 and failed miserably. But now he's in the business of giving Democrats advice on what they should be doing, which is absolutely pathetic. Remember that John Kasich was chosen to speak at the Democratic National Convention, which was shameful to say the least. But let's hear more of his gross Republican rhetoric and terrible advice to Democrats. I want to be clear, now is the time for Democrats, and I believe Joe Biden will do this, to begin to listen to what the other half of the country has had to say. I think that the other half of the country in many respects has felt as though they have not been listened to. They feel stuck economically, and it's going to be up to the Democrats to listen. We have to listen to what those folks, those Republicans, all across this country has had to say. And frankly, those Republicans have to understand what Democrats want to do, because if they want to improve health care, that doesn't mean they want Medicare for all. There is no socialism in Joe Biden. What? So he's referring to half the country, meaning Republicans, who feel that they haven't been listened to. Let me just remind you that more than 90% of Republican voters supported Donald Trump and thought he was doing a great job. So they just had four years of being heard by an incompetent buffoon. And I got word for you, if they thought that Donald Trump was doing a fantastic job, I don't think that we need to listen to what they want to do for the economy. The economy has been a complete and utter disaster for the vast majority of Americans under Donald Trump. But apparently they don't have a problem with that. They think he's done a fantastic job. AOC has responded to him. So have other members of the squad, Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar. And of course, they're pushing back against this. But let me just say very clearly that John Kasich is not someone who represents the best interests of Democrats. He's not someone who who basically responds to the best interests of the American people, which is why his own party, his own party's voters rejected him in 2016. And so there's one more video of John Kasich that I wanna go to, and then I'll give you AOC's response, let's watch. The best thing that's happened to Joe Biden is the fact that the United States Senate is either gonna be Republican or very close, and it will allow Joe Biden to do what he does best. It allows him to govern as a moderate. It allows him to do the things that I've always hoped he can do, and the far left can push him as hard as they want. And frankly, the Democrats have to make it clear to the far left that they almost cost him this election. 
uh, that people in this country are basically center, center right, center left. They're not far left and they're also not far right. Do I think it's possible that you can get something done on climate? Yes. Is it gonna be you know, some new green deal? Of course not, but there's reasonable things that can be done. So I think actually he's in a better position today because being pulled from the left isn't gonna work. They will not get those things done. And that congresswoman from Virginia warned the Democrats, you want to talk about defunding the police, you'll have no support. And I think this is an opportunity for Biden to talk about you know, the center right and the center left of this country and what can be achieved. He's referring to uh, Representative Abigail uh, Spanberger, who had a meltdown because she came close to losing her reelection bid. Um, and uh, she decided to blame it on defund the police and uh, so-called socialists. But AOC responded by saying uh, John Kasich, who did not deliver Ohio to Democrats, is saying folks like Ilhan Omar, who did deliver Minnesota, are the problem. Please don't take these people seriously and go back to celebrating and building power. Anyone saying this after immigrant organizations delivered areas? Arizona, black grassroots uh, flipped Georgia, um, Michigan going blue with reality bending 94% Detroit margin, plus Rashida Tlaib running up margins in her district and Trump publicly challenging Ilhan Omar in Minnesota and losing isn't a serious person. So she's listing all the various ways in which progressives helped, uh, you know, deliver victories in this past election. And uh, why are we listening to John Kasich? Why is he relevant right now? So, well, there's the answer. And thanks to that news channel for uh, providing that clip. It, it is literally amazing to think that some people thought that these people were supporting Biden out of the goodness of their heart. They they believed in, they didn't believe in Trump, but they knew Joe Biden was an honest man. But I think they think he's a pliable man. He's a bit of plasticine that they can, or if it is, it's not called plasticine in the States, is it? I need to start coming up no with idea. words. I have no idea. Whatever, Play-Doh. They thought he was a pliable No, Play-Doh's different. What? Play-Doh and plasticine? Yeah. What's the difference? Um, one's quite toxic, I think. No, no, they changed that, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, no, what, they're different. Yeah. It's completely different. Oh, that, that, that's like um, Trump and his voter fraud thing. You're not providing any evidence. Well, I'll have to get... <laughs> you know, you, you should... No, you don't come here unprepared. You know? Play-Doh is far superior. Yeah. Well, you'd, I'd soft. rather eat Play-Doh. Soft. I would have rather eat Play-Doh. But, but he'd, yeah, basically, um, advice <laughs> to Joe Biden, please turn into a Republican and be the sensible sort of not lunatic Republican president that we would have loved to elect yeah, if we weren't supporting Donald Trump. Please. There you go. Has, it, has anything been happening over here? Um, yes. Items to report here. They reckon... A top Tory source has told the Sun tonight they reckon Cummins' days are over, absolutely over and gone. Uh, yeah, he's he'll be gone by the end of the week or certainly by beginning of next year. Cummins' well, reign is over. I'll give a quick bit of inside info and then I believe we've got another video yeah. and we need to have a chat about that. We need that. to move it on as well. I so. know, but I'll just say the news is uh, Lee Kane was a mate of Dominic Cummings. He was working in that department in number 10. Dominic Cummings is hated by a lot of Tory MPs because of the way that he speaks to people and pins them up against the wall when he's pissed because he wanders around number 10 after having one and a half bottles of wine and 
breathing horribly in people's faces telling no them what he speech, thinks. Mike. No hate band, speech, we'll it's not. Band, I'm just saying YouTube. this is what I've heard. This is what I've heard, you know, because, yeah, if you haven't heard, we did get took off air. Mm. And if you want to find out uh, what happened, why we got took off air last week, maybe watch this video, which may look weird with me pointing my finger on a live show, but when you're watching this as the uh, finished uh, product, it'll make sense. <laughs> now, the... He, basically, Carrie Simmons is uh, just had Boris's baby and his fiance, and she hates Cummings and hates Lee Kane, his mate. Lee Kane was his sort of dog's body that ran round number ten and ran to the corner shop for for stuff. And um, yeah, it, they present. They're trying to turn it into the White House. The White House. <clears throat> easy for me to say. They're trying to turn it into the White House. They decided to have White House type press conferences from January, and they've got a chief of staff. So they were going to Cummings. Decided. Oh, we need a chief of staff. And Boris went. Oh, okay, okay, no, okay, yeah, 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 I guess you know. And and then uh, he went, came back the next day and went, oh, I've got the perfect guy for the job, Lee Kane, which Boris suddenly his balls dropped because he knew that his missus were pretty much hated him as well as, as Cummings. And, yeah, over the last 48 hours, Carrie Simmons moved out of number 10 Downing Street over this. There was a major row between her and Boris Johnson. And basically, the Lee Kane was given, offered, and he accepted the job of chief of staff. And then since she had her strop and they had this massive domestic, you don't hear about this at number 10, do you? You know, a big domestic. And uh, now Lee Kane today announces his, not only is he not taking the job, he's resigned and he's I'm leaving. Come off. off. He's gone. So that's what's been going on at number 10. It's like a sitcom, isn't it? It's, it's like a sitcom. A really, a really shit one that results in loads of people dying. But I'm going to finish the show off uh, uh, with a little clip from today, uh, a question time uh, in Parliament. And just look how Boris avoids answering anything. And I've talked about before, corruption, corruption, corruption. And that's why people are getting turned off politics. Chris, we play the clip. We've all seen this weekend that the government can find £670,000 for PR consultants. And Mr Speaker, that's the tip of the iceberg. New research today shows that the government has spent at least £130 million of taxpayers' money on PR companies, and that's this year alone. Does the Prime Minister think that that's a reasonable use of taxpayers' money? Uh, Mr Speaker, I think he's referring to the Vaccines Task Force, and after days in which the uh, Labour Party has attacked the Vaccines Task Force, I think it might be in order for him to pay tribute uh, to them uh, for securing uh, 40 million doses. And by the way, the, the, the expenditure to which he refers uh, was to help raise aw awareness of vaccines, to fight the anti-vaxxers, uh, Mr Speaker, and to persuade the people of this country, 300,000, to take part in trials without which we can't have vaccines, Mr Speaker. So I think you should take it back. Mr Speaker, nobody's attacking individuals. Everybody's supporting the vaccine. £130 million, Prime Minister. There's a real question about the way that contracts are being awarded, about basic transparency and accountability. And I know the Prime Minister doesn't like that. This is not the Prime Minister's money, Mr Speaker. It's taxpayers' money. The Prime Minister may well not know the value of the pound in his pocket, but the people who send us here do, and they expect us to spend it wisely. Earlier this year, 
the government paid about £150 million to a company called Iandal Capital to deliver face masks. Can the Prime Minister tell the House how many usable face masks actually provided, were actually provided to NHS workers on the front line under that contract? Uh, Mr Speaker, we're in the middle of a global pandemic uh, in, in which, this, which this government uh, has so far secured and delivered 32 billion items of personal protective equipment. And yes, uh, it is absolutely correct, Mr Speaker, that it's been necessary to, uh, to work with the, with the private sector, with uh, manufacturers who provide equipment uh, such as this, some of them more effectively uh, than others, Mr Speaker. But it's the private sector that in the end makes the PPE. It's the private sector that, pro that provides the test equipment, Mr Speaker, and it's the private sector that, no matter how much the party opposite may hate them, it's the private sector that provides the vaccines and the scientific breakthroughs, Mr Speaker. The answer is none. Not a single face mask at a cost of £150 million. The trouble is that the British people are paying the price for the mistakes of the Prime Minister and the Chancellor. If they'd handed contracts to companies that could deliver, public money would have been saved. If they'd extended furlough sooner, jobs would have been saved. If they'd brought in a circuit breaker when the science said so, lives would have been saved. Let me deal with another mistake. The Chancellor's repeatedly failed to close gaps in support for the self-employed. Millions are affected by this. It's bad enough to have made that mistake in March. But seven months on, the Institute of Fiscal Studies says the scheme remains, their words, wasteful and badly targeted for the self-employed. The Institute of Directors, many self-employed continue to be left out in the cold. After seven months and so many warnings, why are the chance of the Prime Minister still failing our self-employed? Mr. Mr Speaker, unquestionably this pandemic has been hard on the people of this country and unquestionably uh, there, are, there are people who have, have suffered throughout the pandemic and people whose, whose, uh, whose livelihoods have suffered. But we have done everything that we possibly can uh, to help. And as for the self-employed, Mr Speaker, 2.6 million of them have received support uh, at a, a, a bit a cost of £13 billion. Pounds. Quite right, Mr Speaker. We've also, of course, as he knows, uprated you universal credit. That will continue uh, until next year, Mr Speaker. What do you say? Uh, maybe I refer to the comment I made about him yeah. on the live show. Uh, to add it, and we'll talk about it next week, there's so many um, Tory oh, uh, <laughs> MPs, Unreal. Uh, family members who are linked to the contracts which these companies got. And these contracts have been given out, given out with no tendering no tendering whatsoever. No. Here, you're my mate. Yeah, you have 200 million here. Go and yeah. try and find some masks. And it's that type of corruption we're to, talking to about. To put it in perspective, they, they are companies that you'll get from company, uh, a company creation company that you'll find on on uh, online that will charge you 25 quid and they'll set up a limited company for you, you get a certificate, memorandum and articles, and then you go and open a bank account. And that's it. You, some of these people are even trading from home and from cheap little units that they've rented for 20 quid a week. And they've put in tenders and they've ended up with 15 million, 80 million to do track and trace and make equipment and for this. And talk about criminals on the street. 
They talk about criminals. On yeah, the get annoyed. Oh my goodness. Get annoyed. Uh, thank you for being a part of this uh, proper first launch of the show. We do appreciate it. Join us uh, and subscribe to us on a regular basis. Please do. I'll tell people to subscribe uh, and and join us on Twitter. But you got to finish off the show, Mike. Yeah, no, I did not much else to say. I just say that thank you very much again for being part of it. And if you can subscribe, that would be fantastic. If you can subscribe and tell other people about the show, if you're like-minded, we're not just doing it for i know we there's a lot of messing about any reverence but we actually do want to change things we want to get the word out about a lot of things that are going on that people are not discussing and we want to get people fired up because we can change things if we all act together and we're on every week now so if you are listening now on the fab radio are you listening on the podcast, which is, is later? You know, please think about joining us at 9 o'clock every Thursday. 9 o'clock every Thursday live, because you can comment on YouTube, You could, we can interact more, and it, it is your show, and we want you part of it. Yeah, we do. So, we'll see you next week. 